Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about Jed Fish's Monday press conference. Um, on Tuesday, we're going to be talking to offense coordinator Brendan Carroll, defensive coordinator, and my best friend, even though he doesn't know it, Don Brown, and uh, we'll get a couple players as well. But for now, um, Jed Fish held his Monday press conference, and uh, most of it was focused on BYU. I actually, I don't think, thinking back in it, I'm pretty sure uh, there wasn't any San Diego State questions. There will be later in the week because we'll get Fish on Thursday, but. For Monday, a lot of the focus is kind of on what went wrong. The difference, I think, in the vibe of questions, and I don't want to talk about this too much because I talked about it in the previous podcast, but I think the difference was what little mistakes could you fix that could probably have swung the result of the game. Uh, rewatching the game, it wasn't that big of a gap between Arizona and BYU. It just felt like Arizona made uh, a few too many mistakes here or there. Uh, one thing... Kind of, we'll start from the beginning of the press conference. Uh, Jetfish basically said that the plays scripted um, were to get a good feel for Arizona. And if he probably had to do it over again, I think maybe he would have been a little more aggressive earlier. If you watch the game, it was very conservative early on. And when Arizona started to get aggressive uh, is when they really started to have some offensive success in terms of the yardage. Um, One quote that was very interesting with that being said is that uh, he said he left, Arizona left about 150 yards on the table uh, with the following quote. Uh, Fish said, we had the tight ends open many different times in the game, and we have to convert on those. We have to hit on those. And that is what we said in the post-game podcast as well, is that maybe it's Gunnar Cruz not being used to throwing the tight ends, because you got to think when he was at Washington State, it's not like they used the tight end a lot. Um, at Arizona, we all know that the tight end wasn't a thing, even though Gunnar Cruz wasn't on the team last year. But it was mostly, you got to think, on Cruz not seeing the tight end. And I'm sure that they'll watch the film a few times and say, look, man, like you had Bryce Womo wide open. Uh, he had it on a third and flat that he missed. Uh, he had it Bryce Womo over the middle on a third and seven, missed it. Um, end zone twice, corner route, nod route. One was an incompletion, one was a sack. And so they have to make those plays. And what happens is when you are making those plays to the tight end, it basically ruins the opposing defense because you have tight ends are a mismatch. You're very rarely on a good tight end going to have a guy that could cover him effectively. And if you do, it's because you've changed your defense usually in order to contain the tight ends. And so what Arizona wants to do in those two tight end sets is make the opposing defense account for them. And BYU wasn't accounting for him. The problem is that Gunnar Cruz was missing him. And and that's a fixable thing. It's like, okay, you missed a guy here and there. You watch the film. You're probably thinking to yourself, man, how'd I miss that dude? Let's go fix that against San Diego State. 
because you got to think that those guys are probably going to be open. And if they're not open, it's because San Diego State watched the film, is assuming Cruz will hit it in this game, and then that changes things for both teams offensively um, and defensively. But at the end of the day, Arizona has to be able to convert uh, on those situations. Uh, Jed Fish also took some blame, which is kind of refreshing when a head coach does that. Uh, he said there were a couple calls that he would like to take back. Uh, first and 10 at the 35-yard line. Uh, Gunnar Cruz took a pretty big shot, um, and it's their job as play callers uh, to kind of make things where the player's in the best position to succeed. And looking back on it, Fish didn't feel like he necessarily always did that. Uh, he said that the biggest thing that disappointed him of the game was the red zone. In college football, you should be scoring at a 70% clip, basically. And uh, they did it. They didn't make the field goals, all of them. Uh, there were Taven Cunningham was open on one play, missed it. We talked about the Bryce Wilma. There was a play at Barry Hill that he was out of bounds. Um, got a cruise, gives him the ball earlier. It's probably a touchdown. If not, they're at like the one-yard line. They have to be better in the red zone. And Fish said they're going to practice that. Uh, they did practice that on Monday night, and pretty much every day they're really going to focus on red zone trips. And that was the struggle of Arizona last season, a, a major, major struggle. Arizona football has to be better in the red zone. It's not every day they get there necessarily. It's not every drive, I should say. So when they get there, uh, they have to be better. And Arizona was not very good from the red zone. And, and you can make the argument that's what cost them the game, not the defensive mistake here or there, not the sacks. It was the fact that, look, if they make two more field goals, if uh, Bryce Wilma is hit in the open field, um, you know, Stanley Bearhill doesn't get out of bounds, etc. Arizona wins that game. And so that's something that they need to improve on and, and they're going to work on uh, this week in practice. The one thing that Fish said that I'm kind of at odds with, I'm not like angry about it, that makes me sound like I'm furious, but I, I don't know how much I agree with him about the offensive line. And we're going to talk to Brandon Carroll again on Tuesday and kind of get his vibe on how the offensive line played. And um, he said, basically, Fish said there were some times they could have improved in the pass protection. There were some times they didn't necessarily win, whether that was the center, the guard, or the tackle. Uh, something happened, maybe. Um, but, you know, in their defense, some of that could be because Gunnar Cruz held onto the ball too long. Um, he said there's room for improvement. They need to block better. But you also need to be able to get the ball out and help the offensive line. So, I, it felt like he was trying to spread the blame, but I think he put a little more towards Cruz uh, than I expected. Yes, Cruz has to be able to get the ball out quicker. That's something that we've talked about, shoot, since fall camp. I mean, that is Gunnar Cruz's number one issue, in my opinion. He holds on to the ball too long, and when he does get the release, it's slow. Uh, but I didn't feel like all the sacks were his fault. It probably is like 50-50. Um, the offensive line had some tr struggles at time in pass protection. Um, we mentioned Peyton Fears getting beat on the speed rush. Josh Baker was really inconsistent. Some of that is because Jordan Morgan was out. Some of that is because there just needs to be an upgrade on the offensive line overall. Um, but whatever it may be, I, I do think that the offensive line struggled a little bit more because when you look at it in the running game, yeah, the yards per carry wound up being decent, but a lot of that was more of the running back work, it felt like. Like, there weren't big holes. There were some holes in the second half, but a lot of it was... Drake Anderson and Michael Wiley kind of making something happen. And there wasn't that explosive runs um, that you kind of want to see. Um, otherwise, in the presser, you know, Stanley Berryhill gave a shout-out to Stanley Berryhill. He's one of the players that we're going to talk to on Tuesday. Uh, played great. No secret there. Um, Trade on Stukes is a guy where, you know, 
it's interesting, and we're going to ask Don Brown about it. I mentioned if, if I was the defensive coordinator, I would put Stukes at the nickel corner position instead of Hasman. Uh, he's your third best corner. He deserves to be on the field as much as possible. Slide in for Hausman. I'm sure there's a reason why that is. Uh, it could just simply be for depth reasons and not wanting Stukes on the field that much. Maybe they trust Hausman more than I do. Uh, we're going to ask Don Brown about that. Um, but he's a guy where he broke up that slant pattern. Uh, and, and he's just legitimately a, a good, solid corner. That probably belongs to be on the field more, but he happens to be behind Isaiah Rutherford and Christian Roland Wallace, who are two very solid corners in their own right. So it's tough for Stukes. I would slide him in the nickel spot, but you know that's something that uh, I'm not sure the coaching staff is, uh, is ready to do. Um, defensively, Jed Fish was asked about how they performed. Um, seemed to be happy with the fact that when they watched the tape, uh, all the defensive players were running to the ball. Fish said there's so many good clips of three, four, five, six, seven players sprinting out of the pile running to the sideline. Um, the ball that popped in the air, uh, that wound up going out of bounds on the fumble. Fish said that they counted eight Arizona Wildcats with the ball stayed in. It would have easily been recovered uh, by them. Uh, then they said the ability to create negative tackles for loss, which you need to do in Don Brown's system. The issue is that they hit the quarterback a bunch, uh, but they need to turn that into sacks. So whether that's getting there a second earlier or just simply turning it into sacks, they rolled Jaron Hall out of the pocket a few times, but they weren't able to bring him down. That big run hurt him. Um, but, you know, they made the safety with Trey Mason. Rashi Hodge played well. Um, he's another guy that we're talking to on Tuesday, but they need to turn that into sacks. And the tackles for loss were fine. You want to see that, but the sacks are just completely different and really changed the the complexion of a game when you're hitting the quarterback. And I think, um, as I mentioned before, that that's something that we're going to see more of uh, against San Diego State. In terms of what else the defense could have done better, uh, explosive plays, there was that big scramble by Hall. Um, looking at the tape, Fish said that Kenny Hebert had a chance to get a sack on that play. Uh, you know, the, the big touchdown, 67 yards, whatever it was, they called for a, a double team, uh, but the safety was on the other side. So the communication was missed on that play. It was kind of a kind of a breakdown there. So, you know, it's it's fixable. Again, like you, it didn't feel like Jed Fish watched the tape and said, "Man, this defense just isn't good enough." It's communication. A guy in a wrong spot here, or there. You watch the film, uh, and the hope is that you know you're going to be going to be better. Um, other than that, it was kind of like little notes. He he gave confidence in Haversick, so that's my kicker. I I believe in him. Um, don't overthink it. Just go with the routine. Kick the ball. Um, does what he normally does, which is ask the fans to come out. Uh, we'll see. I'm really curious about the fans and, and how many do come out, but he's really making a plea. Um, later in the day on Monday, Arizona announced that Steve Kerr will be in attendance in the honorary captain, and even if that gets a few fans, that's what Arizona wants. But I'm not sure that I've seen a head coach of Arizona in a long time just flat out say, we need you to come to games. Um, every time he talks, basically. So it's going to be really interesting to uh, to see how many fans do come to that game and what kind of crowd there will be. Uh, we'll talk about this later in the week, but you can make an argument that this is like... There's no argument. This is a, a major, major game for Arizona because this is a very winnable game. And it feels like if they lose... Sure, they're going to NAU the next game, but it just it, it won't feel good if they lose. Like this isn't like BYU where you felt pretty good even though they lost. It, Arizona's a pick 'em at this point. They open up at a one point favorite. It's now there's basically no line. It's pick who you think's going to win. Uh, it's a game that Arizona at home should win. 
And, and I think Fish recognizes that, recognizes that they can go out and fix some certain mistakes, and they play well enough. If they play like they did against BYU, they'll beat San Diego State. But as we've seen from Arizona football in the past, there's just no guarantee that they'll go out and play like they did against BYU. We, you know, at the end of the day, we have no idea uh, how Arizona is going to play. But um, kind of an uneventful press conference, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, one last note, I, I forgot to say, Jordan Morgan um, is going to be a game time decision. They're going to see if he practices. Uh, the assumption, according to sources close to Morgan as of last week, is that he would miss a handful of games and hopefully be back uh, for Pac-12 play. So even though Fish is kind of listing him as, you know, maybe able to play a game time decision, we're going to go doubtful. Uh, Jamari Joyner, we do expect to play. He's going to practice this week. Um, he went through warm-ups. He was a little behind, a little rusty, but I don't know how many snaps he'll play, but we expect him to play. And then Donovan Lai, uh, who was hurt, basically playing on one leg and, and still didn't leave the game against BYU, uh, it sounds like he's going to be fine to play. So in terms of injuries, uh, looking pretty good, um, you know, it, and coming this week, and it's pretty obvious they want to be a little more aggressive. I expect him to be a little more aggressive against a less mobile quarterback in Jordan Brookshire against San Diego State. I expect them to try to hit him a little bit more. Um, you know, overall healthier team. And then red zone. I think red zone is obviously the focus this week. If they have those chances against San Diego State, which has a, a pretty solid defense, they need to go out and, uh, and take advantage of those. So that's what happened on Monday's presser with Jed Fish. We'll come back later in the week and break down the San Diego State Aztecs with my boy Brady Hoke. And, uh, yeah, once again, I appreciate you for joining me on Wildcat Authority. This has been the Wildcat Scoop podcast. And, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.